6 a.m. on the West Coast, 9 a.m. on the East Coast, 2 p.m. in London, 7.30 in Mumbai, India, 11 p.m. in Kyoto, Japan, and in Malaysia, it's 1972. I'm Jay Sheldon. I'm not wearing pants. Welcome in, everybody. Hello, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch.tv Live, and Rumble.com. Yes, we are there. And we are also a podcast. You may be listening just after our live broadcast. I'm actually doing some business while I'm talking to you online. Well, not business, <laughs> but that's why it keeps getting brighter and darker. Uh, okay, close that. We don't need that anymore. Um, yeah, so if you have uh, joined us on our podcast, welcome. Thank you for that. And uh, we're here three nights a week, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday on four live platforms. Oh, look, Jay Sheldon just shared your stream. And uh, we're also... <laughs> We're also a podcast on all the regular podcast outlets, <clears throat> Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, iTunes, whatever Apple Podcasts, um, uh, Geo7 in India. We have quite a few listeners in India, so welcome into you guys. And we have one listener in the U.S. whose name is Luna Amethyst, and a welcome to you. Hello there. Good to have you along once again, as always. Woke up feeling groggy. Well, that's not good. Maybe you didn't get enough deep sleep. That's entirely possible. That will happen, you know. The quality of your sleep is amazingly important. Hang on, I'm playing with my headphones. Just a second. Okay, I think I got it. There we go. Okay. Yeah, good sleep is important. Deep sleep is important. So get some good deep sleep. There we go. Uh, what else we got going on? We're going to talk about celebrities without makeup tonight. And uh, we're going to do that in just a little bit. We're going to continue with um, Dickens' A Christmas Carol, which is a really exciting book. But right now, it's time. Miko Update. <laughs> yes, indeed, it is time for Miko Update. And uh, Miko sadly, is at it again. Uh, it started on Saturday, and she was uh, not feeling well, out of energy, refusing food. She has not gotten a whole lot better in the last few days. Um, so, wait. Now, my headphones keep going in and out. Why is that? I have no idea. Let's see. Is that any better? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so I I have no idea. On Saturday, she looked like this. She was doing really well, and she was ready to go out and do a little wandering around. Uh, she's got, oh, see that? There's her little IC tag and her usual uh, harness. And uh, she was doing all right. But then uh, yesterday, just kept going downhill, didn't eat all day. Today, same thing. She's just, uh, yeah. Um, hope she's feeling better, says Luna. Oh, poor baby. I know well wishes from a stranger don't mean a lot, 
but still. You know what, Luna? They do mean a lot. They they really, really do. And thank you for that. I and, and Miko appreciate that very much. Um, they do mean something. Well wishes are always welcome. And uh, and thank you for that. She's uh, She just came in, but I don't want to pick her up because she's just not feeling all that well. But um, she's pretty much just been out of energy because she hasn't eaten in a couple of days. Oftentimes when this happens, she just suddenly gets better. You know, the bell rings and boom, she's done. And she starts eating and she's got energy. We'll just pray that uh, that, that happens soon. So in the meantime, I'm dealing with vomit and diarrhea from Miko. Yay. Lots of fun. Not. Oh, goodness. Anyway, so yeah, that's our Miko update. All right, before we get into the celebrity thing, uh, my friend Jeff posted this. It's a public post, but it really made me stop and think. What are we doing with these? Have you thought about that? What are we doing with these things? If you're listening on the podcast, I'm sorry, it's a visual. It's a visual of just a huge pile of hypodermic needles. Now, obviously used needles is a giant biohazard. But you think about the numbers. Here in Malaysia alone, we are, what, 95% vaccinated? Which has got to be... 20, 25 million of these needles? Imagine the amount of used needles in the U.S. I'm like 99.99% sure they're not recycling these things. So where are they going? They're all plastic. And this is not a good thing. I don't know. That I've never seen an article about it. I'll have to do a net search later and see. I, I don't use Google for searching. I use DuckDuckGo or uh, one of those other ones. But um, somebody ought to do an article on this. What happens to the hundreds of millions, in fact, worldwide, likely billions of used hypodermic needles? And that's just with the vaccine the current vaccine, not to mention all the millions and millions of other ones that during normal times would be being used. It's a good question. I don't know what the answer is, but uh, scary to think about, especially since in the last year or so, we've increased our needle usage, what, a 100,000 fold probably or more? Mm. Hey, if you're on twitch.tv, go to the Jay Sheldon uh, page uh, in the About section. Check out our Miko merchandise. Yes, there you go. Our show logo. I'm holding up a cup if you're listening on the podcast. It's got Miko on one side. We got mouse pads, stickers, hoodies, t-shirts, caps, all kinds of cool stuff. It's on twitch.tv's Jay Sheldon No Pants page. Um, okay, our thumbnail tonight. <laughs> talked about this because I found this article. It's in the show notes. If you, uh, again, forgive me because I got to rearrange some stuff here. There we go. It's in our show notes. Um, celebrities caught without makeup. 
you will not believe some of these pictures. A celebrity's persona, this is from YourSportsSpot.com, links in the show notes. A celebrity's persona is as important as the music they make or the movies they're in. And the advent of social media, just about any photo taken of a celebrity by any passing stranger can alter their image forever. And there's a new online trend taking the internet by storm, which is celebrities uh, without makeup under the hashtag, either hashtag no makeup or hashtag woke up like this, showing they're just real people like everyone else. Adele, you know, hello from the other side. Well, here's the other side. Wow, look at this. I'm sorry, again, if you're on the podcast, please go to any of our video streams. Uh, the recorded program is up there. Rumble.com, J. Sheldon No Pants. Uh, YouTube, J. Sheldon Malaysia. Uh, Facebook, I'm not wearing pants. And... Um, and twitch.tv, J. Sheldon, no pants. You can see these these visuals. You got to check them out because they are truly amazing. This is Adele sans makeup. And there, of course, is what Adele normally would look like. How about Tyra Banks? Celebrities rely on their image. It's safe to say Tyra Banks on her image more than almost anyone else. And there she is. Wow. Talk about smoky eyes and not smoky eyes. Oh, my goodness. This is incredible. Of course, she's also mugging for the cameras, so that doesn't help. But, uh, yeah, that is a big difference in Tyra Banks. Uh, Eva Longoria, beautiful woman. Absolutely beautiful. But there's a candid of her without makeup on. Look at the difference. Truly amazing. Insane. Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. There she is. Actually, she's very beautiful without makeup. She's just as stunning, I think. That's incredible. Cindy Crawford. I have a personal story about Cindy Crawford. Back in the 80s and 90s, uh, she used to repeatedly grace the cover of Vogue, W, uh, People, Harper's Bazaar, L, Cosmo, Allure, uh, as well as uh, fashion campaigns for Versace, Calvin Klein, The Gap, Revlon. Well, there is the dear Ms. Cindy Crawford with and without makeup. Cindy Crawford was promoting something, and I cannot remember what it was, but um, she came to Kuala Lumpur here in Malaysia, and I was directing a show at the time. I'm trying to remember the name of the show. I can't remember. Isn't that weird? I can't remember the name of the show. It was a celebrity interview show. So, of course, we had connections and we got Cindy Crawford for an interview. Um, she was brilliant. But when we went to, just a quick story about Cindy while we look at her before and after picture. Uh, we went to do the interview. There were a lot of other press there. And uh, we were told, bring your cameras, but you are not allowed to bring lights. So, me being the smart guy experienced guy that I am brought lights, but we left them all in the production van. We brought up our cameras, our tripods. We set everything up. Cindy walks in and she looks around and she says to her assistant, 
I'm not doing these interviews. There's no lighting. Where is the lighting? She's very concerned with her image and what she looks like on camera. And she realized in this room, which was just some conference room, not lit for television, that she'd wind up looking like crap. And she was right. So I offered, I said, look, they told us not to bring lights and set them up. I did bring them. I have them down in my production van. If you'd like, give me 15 minutes and I'll light the place. So she said, great, no problem, thank you. She went away. I said to my director of photography, go get every light we brought and bring it up here. So we did. We lit the place for television, called for Ms. Crawford. She comes back in, she looks and she goes, ah, look, a television studio. And she looked at me and said, thank you, Jay. I owe you big time. Now, Cindy, if you're listening, I never collected on that debt. So one of these days, <laughs> one of these days, Cindy. <laughs> no, she was a very gracious lady. She was a lot of fun, beautiful in person, as beautiful as she is in her pictures. And, uh, and she was, she wants what she wants and she's going to get it. So thankfully... We were able to provide that for her. But yeah, this is a cool article. Check this out. Just all kinds of, look at this. There's Madonna, before and after, with and without makeup. Uh, who's this? Cara Devilline? I'm sorry, I don't know her. Uh, she's an actress and a model. Okay. It's amazing. Beverly Mitchell? Oh, man. <laughs> Oops. One of the strangest ones of all. Let me quickly go. Here's, uh, is this Katy, Katy Perry? Yeah, Katy Perry. Yow. Dang. And uh, Sharon Stone, with and without. The beautiful Sharon Stone. Perhaps the strangest one of all, I'm going to just really you see all of them here. Cardi B is in here. Marilyn Manson. Look at Marilyn Manson, with and without makeup. Actually, that's an old picture, too. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. Alicia Keys. you got to check these out. They're very cool. Beyonce is there. Uh, where is, where is Shakira, Miley Cyrus, come on, Lady Gaga, there you go, take a look, wow, that's Lady Gaga without makeup, and of course, with, man, talk about a difference. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm glad I wore makeup tonight. Hide all my, well, mostly hide my pimples. Uh, okay, so that's it. The link is in the show notes. It's a really cool article from uh, yoursportspot.com. Check it out if you, uh... hey, we have not heard from Mohammed in a while. He is our friend from Saudi Arabia. Uh so I don't know if he would have been affected by this or not, but we saw this headline and eh, this is scary. There were intense storms in Egypt, which unleashed a massive swarm of scorpions from their nests. It stung 450 people, these scorpions. Three people lost their lives. 
This was because of massive giant storms that uh, went across Egypt, forced the scorpions out of their nests. Consequently, they interacted with humans. 450 people wound up getting stung, and three people actually wound up losing their lives because of it. Egypt is home to the fat-tailed scorpion, one of the most dangerous scorpion species in the world. And it uh, forced them out of their nests. Snakes, too. Doctors were reportedly diverted from the COVID-19 vaccination centers to treat stinging victims. That's incredible. Wow. All because of a storm, a massive storm that uh, blasted through Egypt. That's scary stuff. Reminds me of the movie The Mummy. Remember that? All right. Uh, we talked about this on our <laughs> on our last stream, and we didn't get to the article, so I thought I would include it tonight. This is um, times when people embarrass themselves beyond stupidity on the internet. Once again, the links are in the show notes. If you want to read the whole article, I'm not going to read the whole thing. We'll just do a few highlights here. Somebody posts, Hard-boiled eggs are disgusting. I almost died eating one. The crunchy soft mix is absolutely disgusting. It's like eating a ravioli covered in chips. To which someone replied, You're supposed to remove the shell. LMAO. <laughs> Stupid. I mean, what is this the first time somebody's ever eaten a hard-boiled egg? And they didn't realize you have to take the shell off? Man, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, have you seen these things? They're just things looking for passwords and stuff. Don't answer these questions. They're stupid. They're phishing schemes. See, no English word has double zero except good. Prove me wrong. Um, book, try reading one. <laughs> yes, great reply. Very nice. <laughs> book. Try reading one. Uh, let's see. If you use facial recognition for anything, the government has your face. And then somebody answered, wait till you find out about driver's licenses. <laughs> exactly. Huh. Uh, let's see. If you don't know the difference between there, there, and there, you're an idiot. And they spelled your Y-O-U-R. And somebody replied, well, this is awkward. <laughs> Face palm. Unbelievable. Uh, things I know about Brazil. Jungle and Jesus statue. To which someone replied, the Jesus statue is in Rio, you uneducated swine. Okay, <laughs> the article goes on and on and on. <clears throat> uh, never let a stranger sit by themselves. You'll be surprised what tales they have to tell. So there's an old woman and some young guy who's gone over and introduced himself, to which someone replied, bro, this is your grandma. We go to church together. Come on. <laughs> uh, burglar. Oh, this is a good one. I've heard this story before. 
An Oak Hill community couple discovered a thief in their home Saturday. After the husband told a joke to the wife and they heard someone laughing upstairs in their what should have been empty house. <laughs> the husband tells the wife a joke and he hears someone upstairs laughing at the joke, realizing there's a burglar in the house. I don't know what the joke was, but it must have been a really good one. Anyway, go to uh, finallynews.com if you want to check that out. We will have the link, of course, in our show notes tonight down below. By the way, while you're here, go over there and subscribe on uh, YouTube. See right way down there in the corner, there's a little button. You hit that if you're, if you're watching on YouTube. Better yet, if you're watching on Rumble or Facebook or Twitch, Go to my YouTube channel anyway. I really am going to start a drive for subscribers because I need more subscribers. Just straight up asking. Go to my YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Malaysia. You can come back here and watch too, but go right down, right down there in the corner. Boom. Hit that subscribe button. Doesn't cost a dime. And thank you. Appreciate it. All right. One or two more here, and then we're going to get to our uh, book tonight. Uh, oh, this this hit the news this week here in Malaysia. This was really weird. Um, it's from World of Buzz. We love World of Buzz. They do some really weird stories. And you'll find the link again in the show notes if you want to read the whole article. But uh, people in Malaysia were confused and amazed at the viral video of a bird floating in Damansara. Damansara is one of the towns here in, in Malaysia. And it says, uh, watch viral video of bird floating in Damansara confuses Malaysians. So there you go. There's the bird. There's a close-up. But it's frozen in the air. It's not moving. It's just standing there. People saying it's some sort of a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> uh, recently, a video of a lifeless large bird floating in the sky went viral on social media. There's a video here. Let me just, uh, I'll mute that. Let me just play that for you. And uh, you'll see there's the uh, Bomba, the fire department from Malaysia, that are trying to raise a large pole. And there you can see the bird. I don't think the pole's quite long enough there. But uh, you see, you'll see as it spins, it's just frozen. There's the head and the wings up in the air and the body, the tail, just like that. Well, as it turns out, it was an eagle, and it was not dead. The incident happened on the 12th of November, just a few days ago. The fire brigade informed of the incident about 6.28 p.m., and uh, the Damansero Fire and Rescue Station rushed to the location. Uh, they said it was an eagle that was stuck on a kite string. There, there's another picture of it. Thankfully, the good news is the bird was not dead. The bird was very much alive. Now, why in this video it's not flapping like crazy, but maybe it's worn out, tired. Anyway, the bird managed to escape and flew away on its own. There you go. You can see why people might have thought there was a glitch in the Matrix, because it's just like hanging there in the air, like not moving at all. But anyway, in the end, the bird wound up untangling itself and getting away, so... Good news there. 
All right, I got one more for you, and then we're going to move on to our book. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a bit. Uh, you know, I have seen this and heard this saying so many times in the past, but I never realized that it was more than just the first part. And I found this from uh, Charitha Fernando, and uh, it's so cool. I, lo I, I always loved this first part which is drink water from the spring where horses drink. The horse will never drink bad water. But it goes on. Lay your bed where the cat sleeps. Eat the fruit that's been touched by a worm. Boldly pick the mushroom on which the insects sit. Plant the tree where the mole digs. Build your house where the snake sits to warm itself. Dig your fountain where the birds hide from the heat. Go to sleep and wake up at the same time with the birds. You will reap all of the day's golden grains. Eat more green. You'll have strong legs and a resistant heart. Like the beings of the forest, swim often and you'll feel on earth like fish in the water. Look at the sky as often as possible and your thoughts will become light and clear. Be quiet a lot, <clears throat> speak a little, and silence will come in your heart, and your spirit will be calm and full of peace. Nature is talking to you. Are you listening? That is from Saint Seraphim of Sarov. Again, like I said, the very first part about drinking water where horses drink, because drink, uh, horses won't drink bad water, it's not only practical advice, it's very true. But I love the rest of this, and I had never heard it before. I just found that today and wanted to share it with you. It's very beautiful, very nice. All righty. Uh, our book. Yes, it is time. Uh, we're going to move over to... Charles Dickens, who met the ghost in our last stream, and tonight the first of the three spirits arrives. This is the original Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, chapter or stav two, the first of the three spirits. When Scrooge awoke, it was so dark, looking out of bed, he could scarcely distinguish the transparent window from the opaque walls of his chamber. He was endeavoring to pierce the darkness with his ferret eyes when the chimes of a neighboring church struck the four quarters. So he listened for the hour. To his great astonishment, the heavy bell went on from six to seven from seven to eight, and regularly up to twelve, and then stopped. Twelve! It was past two when he went to bed. The clock was wrong. An icicle must have gotten into the works. Twelve! He touched the spring of his repeater to correct this most preposterous clock. Its rapid little pulse beat twelve and stopped. Why, this isn't possible, 
said Scrooge, that I could have slept through a whole day and far into another night. It isn't possible that anything has happened to the sun, and this is twelve at noon. The idea being an alarming one, he scrambled out of bed and groped his way to the window. He was obliged to rub the frost off with his sleeve of his dressing gown before he could see anything, and could see very little then. All he could make out was that it was still very foggy and extremely cold, and that there was no noise of people running to and fro, and making a great stir as there was unquestionably would have been at night, if night had beaten off bright day and taken possession of the world. There was a great relief, because three days after sight of this first of exchange pay to Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge, or his order, and so forth, would have become a mere United States security, if it were no days to count by. Scrooge went to bed again and thought, and thought, and thought it over and over, and could make nothing of it. The more he thought, the more perplexed he was, and the more he endeavored not to think, the more he thought. Marley's ghost bothered him exceedingly. Every time he resolved within himself, after mature inquiry, that it was all a dream, his mind flew back again like a strong spring released, to its first position, and presented the same problem to be worked all through. Was it a dream or not? Scrooge lay in this state until the chime had gone three quarters more, when he remembered on a sudden that the ghost had warned him of a visitation when the bell tolled one. He resolved to lie awake until the hour had passed, and considering that he could no more go to sleep than go to heaven, this was perhaps the wisest resolution in his power. The quarter was so long that he was more than once convinced he must have sunk into a doze unconsciously and missed the clock. At length it broke upon his listening ear. Ding dong, a quarter past, said Scrooge, counting. Ding dong, half past, said Scrooge. Ding dong, a quarter to it, said Scrooge. Ding dong, the hour itself, Scrooge triumphantly said, and nothing else. He spoke before the hour bell sounded, which it did now with a deep, dull, hollow, melancholy one. Lights flashed up in the room upon the instant, and the curtains of his bed were drawn. The curtains of his bed were drawn aside, I tell you, by a hand. Not the curtains at his feet, nor the curtains at his back, but those to which his face was addressed. The curtains of his bed were drawn aside, and Scrooge, staring up into a half-recumbent attitude, found himself face to face with the unearthly visitor who drew them. As close to it as I am to you now, I am standing in the spirit at your elbow.
It was a strange figure, like a child, yet not so like a child as like an old man, viewed through some supernatural medium, which gave him the appearance of having receded from the view and being diminished to a child's proportions. Its hair, which hung about its neck and down its back, was white, as if with age, and yet the face had not a wrinkle on it, and the tenderest bloom was on his skin. The arms were very long and muscular, the hands the same, as if its hold were of uncommon strength. Its legs and feet, most delicately formed, were like those upper members, bare. It wore a tunic of the purest white, and round its waist was bound a lustrous belt, the sheen of which was beautiful. It held a branch of fresh green holly in its hand, and in singular contradiction of that wintry emblem, had its dress trimmed with summer flowers. But the strangest thing about it was that from the crown of its head there sprung a bright clear jet of light, by which all this was visible and which was doubtless the occasion of its using, in its duller moments, a great extinguisher for a cap, which it now held under its arm. Even this, though, when Scrooge looked at it with increasing steadiness, was not its strangest quality, for as its belt sparkled and glittered, now in one part and now in another, and what was light one instant at another time was dark, so the figure itself fluctuated in its distinctness, being now a thing with one arm, now with one leg, now with twenty legs, now a pair of legs without a head, now a head without a body, of which dissolving parts no outline could be visible in the dense gloom wherein they melded away. And in the very wonder of this, it would be itself again distinct and clear as ever. Are you the spirit, sir, whose coming was foretold to me? asked Scrooge. I am. The voice was soft and gentle, singularly low, as if, instead of being so close beside him, it were at a distance. Who and what are you? Scrooge demanded. I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? inquired Scrooge, observant of the dwarfish stature. No, your past. Perhaps Scrooge could not have told anybody why, if anybody could have asked him, but he had a special desire to see the spirit in his cap and begged him to be covered. What? exclaimed the ghost. Would you so soon put out with worldly hands the light I give? Is it not enough that you are one of those whose passions made this cap, and force me through whole trains of years to wear it low upon my brow? Scrooge reverently disclaimed all intention to offend, or any knowledge of having willfully bonneted the spirit at any period of his life, he then made bold to inquire what business brought him there. Your welfare, 
said the ghost. Scrooge expressed himself much obliged, but couldn't help to think that a night of unbroken rest would have been more conductive to that end. The spirit must have heard him thinking, for it said immediately, Your reclamation, then, take heed. It put out its strong hand as it spoke, and clasped him gently by the arm. Rise and walk with me. It would have been in vain for Scrooge to plead that the weather and the hour were not adapted to pedestrian purposes, the bed was warm, and the thermometer long way below freezing, that he was clad but lightly in his slippers, dressing gown and nightcap, and he had a cold upon him at that time. The grasp, though gentle as a woman's hand, was not to be resisted. He rose, but, finding that the spirit made toward the window, clasped its rose in supplication. I am mortal, Scrooge remonstrated, and liable to fall. Bear but a touch of my hand there, said the spirit, laying it upon his heart and you shall be upheld in more than this. As the words were spoken, they passed through the wall and stood upon an open country road with fields on either hand. The city had entirely vanished. Not a vestige of it was to be seen. The darkness and the mist had vanished with it, for it was a clear, cold winter day with the snow upon the ground. Good! Heavens, said Scrooge, clasping his hands together as he looked about him. I was bred in this place. I was a boy here. The spirit gazed upon him mildly. Its gentle touch, though it had been light and instantaneous, appeared still present to the old man's sense of feeling. He was conscious of a thousand odors floating in the air, each one connected with a thousand thoughts and hopes and joys and cares long, long forgotten. Your lips are trembling, said the ghost, and what is that upon your cheek? Scrooge muttered with an unusual catching in his voice that it was a pimple, and begged for the ghost to lead him where he would. You recollect the way, inquired the spirit. <laughs> Remember it? said Scrooge with fervor. I could walk it blindfolded. Strange to have forgotten it for so many years, observed the ghost. Let's go on. They walked along the road. Scrooge recognized every gate and post and tree until a little market town appeared in the distance with its bridge, its church, its winding river, some shaggy ponies now were seen trotting towards them with boys upon their backs, who called to other boys in country gigs and carts driven by farmers. All these boys were in great spirits and shouted to each other until the broad fields were so full of merry music that the crisp air laughed to hear it. These are but shadows of the things that have been, said the ghost, they have no consciousness of us. The Jossen travelers came on, and as they came, Scrooge knew and named every one of them. Why was he rejoiced beyond all bounds to see them? Why did his cold eye glisten and his heart leap up as they went past? 
Why was he filled with gladness when he heard them give each other Merry Christmas as they parted at crossroads and byways for their several homes? What was Merry Christmas to Scrooge? Out upon Merry Christmas, what good had it ever done at him? The school is not quite deserted, said the ghost. A solitary child, neglected by his friends, is left there still. Scrooge said he knew it, and he sobbed. They left the high road by a well-remembered lane, and soon approached a mansion of dull red brick, with a little weathercock surmounted cupola on the roof and a bell hanging on it. It was a large house, but one of broken fortunes, for the spacious offices were little used, their walls were damp and mossy, the windows broken, and their gates decayed. Fowls clucked and strutted in the stables, and the couch houses and sheds were overrun with grass. Nor was it more retentive of its ancient state within, for entering the dreary hall and glancing through the open doors of many rooms, they found them poorly furnished, cold and vast. There was an earthly savor in the air, a chilly bareness in the place, which associated itself somehow with too much getting up by candlelight and not too much to eat. They went, the ghost and Scrooge, across the hall to a door at the back of the house. It opened before them and disclosed a long, bare, melancholy room, made barer still by lines of plain deal forms and desks. At one of these, a lonely boy was reading near a feeble fire. Scrooge sat down upon a form and wept to see his poor, forgotten self as he had used to be. Not a latent echo in the house, not a squeak and scuffle from the mice behind the paneling, not a drip from the half-thawed water spout in the dull yard behind, not a sigh among the leafless boughs of one despondent poplar, not the idle swinging of an empty storehouse door, no, not a clicking in the fire, but fell upon the heart of Scrooge with softening influence and gave a freer passage to his tears. The spirit touched him on the arm and pointed to his younger self, intent upon his reading. Suddenly a man in foreign garments, wonderfully real and distinct to look at, stood outside the window with an axe stuck in his belt and leading by the bridle an ass laden with wood. Why, it's Alibaba! Scrooge exclaimed in ecstasy. It's dear old honest Ali Baba. Yes, yes, I know. Uh, one Christmas time, when yonder solitary child was left here all alone, he did come for the first time just like that. Ah, poor boy. And Valentine said Scrooge, and his wild brother Orson. There they go. And, and what's his name? Who, who was put down in his drawers asleep at the gate of Damascus? Don't you see him? And the sultan's groom turned upon himself upside down in the Genji. There he is upon his head. Serves him right. I'm glad of it. 
What business has he to marry to the princess? To hear Scrooge all expending all the earnestness of his nature on such subjects, in a most extraordinary voice, between laughing and crying, to see his heightened and excited face, would have been a surprise to his business friends in the city, indeed. "'There's the parrot!' cried Scrooge. "'Green body and yellow tail, uh, with a thing like, uh, like lettuce growing out of the top of its head. Uh, there he is!' "'Poor Robin Crusoe," he called him, when he came home again, sailing around the island. Uh, "'Poor Robin Crusoe, where have you been, Robin Crusoe?' The man thought he was dreaming, but, but he wasn't. It was Parrot, you know. There goes Friday, running for his life to the little creek. Holla, hoop, hallo! Then, with a rapidity of transition very foreign to his usual character, he said, in pity for his former self, Poor boy! And then he cried again. I wish, Scrooge muttered, putting his hand in his pocket and looking about him after drying his eyes with his cuff. But it's too late now. What is the matter? asked the spirit. Nothing, said Scrooge. Nothing. There, there. there was a boy singing a Christmas carol at my door last night. I, I should like to have given him something. That's all. The ghost smiled thoughtfully and waved his hand, saying as it did so, Let us see another Christmas. And that's where we will leave it for tonight. Halfway through our second chapter, which is the first spirit visits Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> All right, folks. Hey, Obligated Orb, hello. I hope you're still out there. Good to see you. I'm sorry I missed your chat. Nice to have you along. Thank you for popping in. Appreciate it. All right, folks. If you'd like to support the stream, please, I ask you each, uh, each stream just one time. I don't want to bug you with it. Patreon.com slash Sheldon. Go there. Check out our different tier levels from very tiny little cup of coffee money all the way on up to some special bonus things you can get from us here at uh, at uh, J. Sheldon No Pants. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash J. Sheldon. I will see you again on uh, Wednesday night where we'll continue on with The Christmas Carol and share with you more of a collated collection of curious crap I find on the internet. <laughs> Until then... I'm Jay Sheldon. I'm not wearing pants. Good night. <laughs>